Hey everybody, welcome to the uh, what, fourth episode of Westworld Devs. Third? I've, I've yeah. lost track. Um, we got uh, Thandy Newton in the studio right now. What's up, Thandy? She is looking, uh, well, she's got kind of just this same single expression on her face. She doesn't seem happy nor excited to be here. Um, that's interesting. Is she just, is she moving, is she like perfectly still right now? Is she perfectly not? Perfectly still. She might be dead. Okay. Well, we'll have to circle back to that i guess we'll put a pin in that um i'm not going to solve that mystery right now but we're here to talk about the second episode of uh season three of westworld um christian would you what, what is this episode called and what do you think line. the winter line hmm what does winter line mean it's a war expression you ever read uh, all quiet on the western front <laughs> no i don't read yeah, I don't think that's what it's from. The Western Front was about France, World War One. This is a totally wrong war, but I was just trying to seem smart. Uh, the, you know, the, the, it's got to be war related. The whole thing's set in Warville. That's what they call it. Warville. That's what it's called. It's called Warville. No, all right, no, seriously. All right, I'm gonna stop sandbagging it immediately. Yeah, second episode of Westworld. Uh, last week we talked about. Uh, the premiere episode, which both of us were more or less on the same page with. We really liked the world-building aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you know, a little cautiously optimistic about some of the stuff. Some of those uh, complaints I had from last, season, or last episode will carry over into this. Uh, but, you know, very rarely we get the opportunity to disagree on episodes. So it's, like, fun when that happens. Or it's not. Or it's us, like, slowly tearing apart from each other. I can't tell. But... Uh, in any case, this is going to be one of those times. So, ladies and gentlemen, you might hear the fracturing of a decades-long friendship based on an HBO show that is sometimes great, but most of the time not. <laughs> Just saying, that's where we are. That's how much. That's how seriously we take this shit. Yeah, no, like at any moment, like our, our friendship is just on a knife's edge, you know, just one minor disagreement about an episode of Westworld is enough to just send it teetering over that cliff Absolutely. or not. Or not. So, we're gonna find so we'll out. see how much fun we have disagreeing <laughs> on this episode. Um, I, so, like, we can stop burying the lead here. Uh, you did not like this episode. You had some issues. You had some beef. Yeah, yeah. I had some issues with it. But I think, I think that the crux of it is, is that a lot of my issues are about how it feels, right? Uh, specifically to me, me. And that's super subjective. First of all, we can debate writing and performance and directing, right? That's subjective in a way as well. Uh, mm. But when it comes to how something, what, what emotional response something elicits, that is something that I think this show for its faults. And God damn it, does this show have faults, right? We talked a lot about season two. Um, but it would still give you these, these moments that when you were watching the show, even though the dialogue may be weighty and maybe all of these things, you never felt like you were straying outside the lines of the 16 by nine. I was always very singularly focused on what was on screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and this isn't a case of my ADHD kicking up, I'm, I hope. Uh, but it, when, when watching this episode, I found myself a lot of the times being completely taken out of the episode in a way that I haven't, um, where the suspension of my disbelief was much harder to do this time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like, I don't, want, I don't want to get overly critical too quickly. If you want to kind of go into the episode, we can talk about it, which is I think that um, I really liked the beginning of the episode. 
Um, mm-hmm. I like I like the reestablishing. Uh, I like the redressing of these characters and familiar tropes and genres and stuff like this. And we start off we're in world or war world rather. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was really interesting. I love the way that Maeve looks like a fucking you know forties noir starlet femme fatale. She honestly evoked. Um, it's shitty because Quentin was clearly taking it from other people too. But uh, the Inglorious Bastards, Mel- Melanie Laurent, when she was dressed all in yeah. red, that's kind of mm, the first yeah, thing yeah. I got. Even her hair was made up that way. So I liked mm-hmm. it. I mean, I was in for the ride at that point because, again, much like we did in Westworld, much like we will do in The Raj, like there is this immersion, uh, but it's the same, but it's different. So I was cool with all of that. Um, your first initial, let's just go through the episode together if you don't mind. So at that point, sure. we see the opening scene, Maeve wakes up, we get this establishing shot, we are in war-torn Italy, the Nazis have occupied it, and um, we, we see Hector, familiar face, reskinned, right? And mm-hmm. we, we get this overall narrative. It seems, um, just by the omission of a scene that came before, that Maeve has been placed in a place, or she's been placed here. Uh, some things happened previously. We don't know why. She doesn't know why. We're finding out and finding her as she wakes up and finds out where she is. How did you feel about the opening? Um, I didn't love it because I knew or I didn't know where it was going yet. And I thought that maybe they were doing like a whole retread where it was going to be Shogun World again, but in a new setting. And I was really worried that we were going to like spend more than an episode in this new setting with like another grafted on storyline or whatever. We're going to go to the Italian Mariposa bar or whatever. Like I I liked the the tone or the vibe in terms of them playing with like the kind of like noirish heisty genre conventions of war pictures like the espionage side of it Mm -hmm. um but i was i was wary going into it in terms of the setup i was like okay we've seen this before specifically with mave also asking myself all the questions that they want us to be asking which is like okay is the park still running like what's going on is this real is this not um so that's kind of where i was at the beginning Right. And let me, let me ask that. How much did that kind of inform going into it? Because last episode, one of the things I complained about, and I said, I have no right to complain about it because they didn't fuck it up in that first episode, but it was just mentioned enough that I'm like, oh, buzzword uh, was, was none of this is real, man. You know, and we heard that from a bunch of different characters from different socioeconomic like states in life, stations mm-hmm. in life. So I thought like, okay, I hope they don't fuck with that too much. Uh, like you said, it's like, oh, cool. We're in this new place. That's interesting. But that park is shut down. We saw in episode one, right, that Delos had this corporate fallout. The people aren't there. So immediately, I, I, it became back to when are we? You know, that's kind of where my mind drifted to. Because, like, this has to be before any of that shit. But then we find yeah. out at the end of that first simulation, right, she wakes up, she gets shot in the head, and then she sees, uh, is his name Felix, I believe? Like, the, mm-hmm. the, the guy who was there before? Um, and he's like, oh, she was the top attra- attraction at Westworld. So we're just like, okay, well. Uh, yeah. So it has to be after that time. So I guess what I'm saying is like, so you were initially uh, like suspicious of what was going on from the get. Um, well, I, I was just like asking, like I, I was dis- I was preemptively disappointed in the show if they were going to do a thing where this was actually happening. Mm-hmm. And this kind of feeds into how I felt about the episode later, because I think I was like, falling into the trap that the writers wanted me to fall into. I was kind of taking it at face value. I was sort of like half asleep while I was watching it, <laughs> which is probably the best way to watch this episode. Maybe. I agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was just like, Oh shit. Um, later when some reveals happen. Um, but yeah, like I, as I was watching it, I was like, okay, like, so what's the deal? Why would they be keeping this open? Like who would go to this park? Or are they just like running these loops again and again, just to like keep the hosts viable or something? Like, is that like something they would do until like they hear 
oh, you're shut down or you're not, because that was like the part of the tension that they're setting up is like, what is Delos going to do with these parks? Um, because the board wants to shut them down, they're hemorrhaging money, et cetera, but they're still there. They still have assets there. This episode gets a little bit more into that, but I was like, okay, is this like actually happening? What's going on? Right. And right now, I think it's a good time. Let's, let's jump over to the B story. Uh, what this episode did that I actually really liked and much like the first episode did was like, hey, let's not check in with everybody. Let's just tell a little bit more self-contained stories. Um, to your point, I will give you credit where credit's due when we get to a certain part of this review later, because I think you're right in that respect. It's not the seasonal thing. It's a very much self-contained episode, which is smart mm-hmm. because they, again, chose to magnify their focus. So yes, we have Maeve and we have that storyline in the war world but simultaneously we saw bernard at the end of the last episode go into westworld he's going to go back right right and bernard may be public enemy number one certainly he's been the scapegoat uh for the delos corporation um but he's going back i'll tell you this i was really excited to be back in westworld even if we were there for like two minutes it was just nice to know that that exists that that texture is still there and i saw that familiar character in that familiar location Mm mm-hmm yeah, no, it's it's like in uh, the the Lost World uh, Jurassic Park uh, when they like go to like Site B or whatever, and it's just like all the overgrown shit yeah, and everything. Yeah. It's like, oh, look <laughs> at that. Yeah, no, like it, it was uh, it was kind of fun, and I really did enjoy pretty much from the get go, like the new dynamic between uh, old Stubbs and uh, and Bernard. Um, right, well, we and I, I that, hope right? that yeah, like I hope that going forward that continues to pay some dividends because Bernard has needed some levity like for two seasons now. Like he's always been hyper serious. I don't think he's ever even had like a moment that was supposed to be funny in the entire show that I can think of. Right. And like already in this episode, like not saying it was like gut bustingly hilarious, but like there was some like kind of witty repartee, some back and forth, you know, a little bit of that kind of buddy cop kind of tension between him and Stubbs, which I yeah, like. Some, some much needed levity. I mean, because like literally Bernard got to just like wipe his glasses off over and over. I mean, I feel like that was the yeah. one thing he was allowed to do, you know? Um, he did a great job, though. Took, He's the yeah, best well, glasses wiper. Yeah. They, they, they just keep making him murder women and stuff. You know what I mean? Like it's not, it's not <laughs> been a rollicking good time for Bernard, but um, he gets back to the park. He finds Stubbs who has tried to kill himself. Right. And in the last season, they gave you a moment where like, Oh shit, Stubbs a bot or just really bad at his job. Apparently he's, right. a, bot. he's a host. Uh, and we find that out kind of for sure, which is interesting that they didn't fuck around with that more. I'll give them credit on that because they mm-hmm. didn't definitively say one way or the other at the end of season two, they could have played with that a little bit more for some dramatic conflict right. later down. Now they answer like, no, like we're not interested in that. Yeah. He's yeah. a bot moving on. Uh, and so they both kind of go on this whole thing where like they're going to try to find Maeve, right? They need to find Maeve because that is going to be the key to this war that is coming. Dolores out in the real world. And again, Dolores mm-hmm. and Caleb, not in this episode at all. Man in Black doesn't show up. Very focused on Bernard Stubbs and then the Maeve storyline. I think, again, to its credit. Um, but yeah, so he's looking for her. And now we have this like kind of, uh, you're right, this this <laughs> begrudging pairing of these two people that are very super serious all the time and somehow yeah. that like the, the you know like a negative and a negative make a positive that's what's going on here <laughs> like that's what's happening with this bernard and stubbs uh storyline and i'm actually excited to see where that goes um but that's pretty much all the real juice they get from that story arc with the exception of if you don't mind i just want to get this out of the way now so i don't have to think about it later um we get a really weird cameo and i know this again it's about how you feel it's about how something affects you in the moment 
We mm-hmm. talked about this cameo earlier. You're like, eh, it was fine. Me, uh, again, when Westworld's on, I have no problem being sucked in and hypnotized by the world they're showing me on the screen. Afterwards, I'll bitch about it if I don't like it, but I'm always in. Mm-hmm. They, they brought the Game of Thrones dudes. They brought like uh, the Benioff yeah. and Weiss and a dragon, and it really fucked with me, man. And I understand, like, oh, it's just a wink and a nod. It shouldn't take you out of the whole thing. And at the same time, it sort of took me out of it for at least five minutes because I'm like, no, nah, those aren't, so aren't people like this is how good actors are is that i know that they're actors but i always know they're in their role you know what i mean yeah. like they can hide that facade i saw benioff and weiss I'm like that's just benioff and weiss i've seen them like so to be fair know. i didn't notice them because i was just looking at the cgi dragon the whole time so i had to read later that that was benioff and weiss and watch the footage and i was like how did i miss this oh my god dude, inattentive so but I, I did catch the jurassic park reference which was fun so they I like didn't. had two Where references in one reference. I'm sorry. Well, when he's talking about um, selling off the dragon in pieces or whatever, he's like, where are you selling it to? He's like, yeah, some little startup in Costa Rica, which is like oh, Jurassic yeah, Park. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Was that I- Isla Nublar or whatever? <laughs> is what is yeah, that? Isla Nublar or something. Nublar. I don't know. That's actually amazing. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, see that if that's where they're going eventually, if Jurassic World. Oh, my God. Why didn't we think about this? Dude, and get Chris Pratt in there well you know, season four just dinosaurs and robots synergy dude. <laughs> dude, um, yeah robots versus dinosaurs or they team up like dolores is like we're gonna need some backup and she it's rides like, it on a rides in on a t-rex <laughs> yeah uh yeah all right so I mean, that, was, that was my one beef with it which again he's going around they're they're kind of i always get fascinated by the behind the scenes shit of westworld like i always love when we're in those dungeons and shit because we also saw a little bit of medieval world on uh, top of scene yeah the so I was and I also I was really did like, not to interrupt you, I'm sorry, but I did like Stubbs chasing away some guys with an axe or whatever. Like they had guns, but he's just like chasing after him with a fucking axe and they're just okay. like, fuck this, See, man. This, this, is wh- this is important that we're talking about this because that along with when they do the Rick and Morty bit in the Maeve storyline, we'll get to that in a second. Those for me were really hard moments to deal with because like I like the idea like... I don't think they had done enough at that moment to make the Stubbs uh, comedic uh, switch effective Mm -hmm. yet because I'm watching that scene and I'm like, that's not good by the rules we've been playing with this whole time. Like, yeah, it's hilarious. He ran up there with one arm and was just beating people. At the same time, I'm like, that's not the show that we've been seeing. You know what I'm saying? Like... Yeah, but, but like, I and I get you, like, but I thought about it, and it's like they do talk about, like, how, like, all of these guys that are working at the park are just waiting to be laid off. So I'm just imagining these security guards just waiting there, hating their lives, and then this fucking, like, robot, like, after a massacre is, like, coming after him with a fucking axe. They're just like, I'm not engaging in this. <laughs> like, it kind of works for me. But right. no, I get you. Like, just the seriousness of Bernard, like, opening up his arm and, like, uploading shit into his brain and shit, and, like, Stubbs is having a fucking axe fight right know. i'm a simple man christian I like, I, I, I like good. i'm not i'm not saying you're not simple i'm just saying i'm not even saying that i'm complex i'm just saying that i didn't love that man it was it was rough but again like whatever if 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 inelegant in its execution i still like where we left those characters and i'm like that's cool i'm excited to see where that goes plus it seems like they're gonna just they're gonna have to be the levity because i don't see any fun times coming in the dolores storyline nor do i necessarily see it in the mave storyline which is interesting because Maeve always is kind of that sassy, like Chucky character to me, mm-hmm. or like Freddy Krueger. Like in the in as much that like in the middle of some other tonal shit going on, she can always have a line that yeah, she'll have of, a little wisecrack, a little right. barb, or something like. Which oh, she did darling, in this episode too. You know, blah, blah, but, blah, yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, well, let's jump back to Maeve because I think we should. So we get the first little repeat through her cycle or whatever, and then we see that scene repeat a couple more times. And each time she's cutting through the bullshit uh, of the simulation, right? She's like, Hector, let's mm-hmm. go. Where's that car? She's driving. Like those things I really liked about it. Really, my, my issue with the, my two issues, okay, um, mm-hmm. is the whole nature of the reality thing, which, like I said, when the time came, I'll give you credit. Yes, they seemingly have wrapped that shit up in one episode. I have problems if in then following episodes when we follow additional characters if they're still going to kind of play with the reality card because i think that's the well you can only go to so many times um it wasn't Mm -hmm. terrible in this but i think that compounded um with last week's mentioning of it so much and compounded with me not loving that whole frozen simulation scene because yeah say what you want about westworld the 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 it looks very meticulous there's such a texture to it you know what i mean like every time you watch it you're like oh shit that looks very very real um where when they freeze the simulation obviously by design too i think that's part of it it's like it looks so fake it looks so artificial in a way that was really hard for me to take seriously so again when i'm talking about it on a functional level to the plot and the story it's fine but it's how it made me feel while watching it. And it's like that and the, the Stubbs fight scene. There were just these little things where I'm like, oh, this feels very different, you know? Yeah. Well, see, like I was, I was along for the ride, I think, a little bit more so. Um, and obviously, like I didn't notice Dave and Dan. And maybe if I had, maybe like I would have like just been like on more of a downward trajectory yeah. with this episode. But I was kind of rolling with it. Um, and again, I... What I said to you before um, we started recording is I just really liked the sort of straightforward, no bullshit kind of fun tone of the episode. And I like that in spirit, at least like they're trying to take because that first episode was sort of like a spy espionage, like Kill Bill style thriller and done like very well and like sort of like a futuristic uh, sci-fi world. And then this was sort of a spy espionage thing done in like a world war ii kind of setting but not really um i also liked and they they brought it up in like the making of uh after the episode like when she realizes it's a simulation it goes to anamorphic with the black bars on the top and bottom which uh, they did a little bit in season ratio. two anytime you wanted to know you were in the forge what you were seeing wasn't real they would give you right. a visual indicator so i like that as well and i and i want to give some credit to uh because they do, like, we're talking about the questions that they do bring up. We, mm-hmm. she, yes, Maeve knows that she's in a simulation where she is, isn't real. Lee Sy- Sizemore comes back, the writer character, and, uh, yeah. you know, doesn't realize he's a thing either. That's what's interesting about all the heavy lifting they had to do in season two about building up the replicas. They're not hosts, really. They're literally, like, clones almost, you know? Like, they are hosts, but they have no recollection of that, uh, even more so than the regular host. Right. Um, so I found that interesting. We do, uh, the, the question that's asked is like, well, where is Maeve? And we kind of see that her little cube, her little uh, memory box or whatever is held in this server room and in the mm-hmm. middle of nowhere. And there's a set piece where like she ha- hacks a robot to, to break her out. And that's actually really awesome. I actually really like yeah. that scene. Um, and you think seemingly, oh shit, Maeve's going to get away. And then she doesn't. And this poor robot gets shot. By the way, that was the most humanity of this whole episode, was watching that robot get shot, you know? Right. Which I think is maybe something else I didn't love because at least with Caleb, you like knew where you were supposed to be feeling your emotions for. Um, yeah. But mercifully, they at least answer that question. But I'm of two minds of that because like I thought the issue with the last episode is I really didn't want the World War 
war world i cannot say that right war world reveal at the end of the first episode because it's mm-hmm. like imagine just going into episode two and just it opening with that they literally do the same establishing shot and redo it so it's like i i would i felt like there was this weird exposition dump right at the end they introduced that uh what's his name sarak like uh Igren sarak oh, or something. he had some fucking name man i don't even know <sighs> right. how to say it yeah um you know, and it's like it's it's the last eight minutes of the episode, and it's like really kind of like it's not it's not anything that takes a, takes me away from the episode in general. They obviously have moved past. She's not in a simulation anymore. She is in the real world, and she's being called to do something. More importantly, yeah. she has always had this weird autonomy since the middle of season one or the second episode of season one, I believe. Now she can kind of be controlled again in a way that she hasn't. We see that. So there are interesting things they brought to the table. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm not like against the entire story that's happened. I just, I, and please tell me I'm not crazy. If they go back to that, this isn't real thing with all the other characters we've yet to see, is that going to uh, really affect how you felt about this story so far? Because if, if, if you're right, if we fell into the trap like you did early in the episode, this is all purposeful and, they, and the writers want us to do that, then it's fucking fine. But if this ends up backsliding into their worst impulses, that's where I'm, I'm worried because I don't think we have as much time as we did. And we're not yeah. servicing the characters as much because of that. So I'm going to just turn it around on you just to ask, like before I answer, like if the rest of the season they don't pull that trick and they, they like just tell a straightforward story where like, I'm sure like anything Westworld does, like there's going to be some element of surprise there. But if they don't go back to that well, will that make this episode at least a little bit better? Because I feel like a lot of your apprehension right now is like we're a quarter of the way through the season and we're already going to this this sort of narrative place. Yeah, yeah, it's just that like you can do that for an episode. So when you when you made the point that like yeah, they did that, but seemingly they got that out of their system within an episode. It's like sure. It's just like yeah. I can't that can't be the story because we spent 2 years essentially doing the the prologue to the story you really wanted to tell. It's like mm-hmm. I know who these characters are now. Like let's see that story become a thing, you know? Uh, yeah. And so that's my only concern now. Like, there, there's, you're absolutely right, dude. There's, there, if they don't go back on that little bag of tricks that they have, this is shaping up to be very interesting, if nothing else, because I can follow the story from point A to point B without having to rewatch it and take yeah. notes. <laughs> and, and I think that's what was most reassuring uh, to me about this episode. And it's like so far this season is we're a quarter of the way through the season and I'm following all of the threads. And it's not setting up like this dense, like season two is like a distant memory. Because like season two, first watch, rewatching it too, like for all of its pluses, positives, like that is such a like intentionally obfuscated multiple timeline season. Right. Um, and I just like how straightforward the storytelling has been so far. And I really hope they continue doing that because it's like a more clear trajectory. Like this story is interesting enough. They don't need to like weave timelines again and again and again. If they keep going back to that well, like I would be way more upset. And yeah, like I would definitely be upset if they kept doing the whole like, oh, it's a simulation within a simulation within a simulation. Like that would be fucking terrible um well, if for you sure out that the world that dolores in is just another fucking if it's future park, worlds like yeah. some people have thought like oh what if it's future world like there's all sorts of you know that would be rough dude theorist. i gotta be honest like that that would be a hard pill to swallow this late yeah well who would go to that park where like a, a liberated robot is like killing other robots like who's who's the person that goes to that park right what but also like in theory like you know the, the world's closed but again like that's what's interesting about the show is like oh there's two doors there's two mazes there's two gate like i 
it, man, this fucking show. It just it walks this tightrope walk all the time, and because mm-hmm. it's so immaculately presented 99% of the time, I think that we forgive it. You know what I mean? But yeah. like, it needs to kind of keep going. Again, a lot of it is just about how it made me feel while watching it. It's like this is one of the first times sure. where I wandered, and you know me, like when I watch it, I'm like, I'm, I'm keyed into mm-hmm. it. Uh, this is one of the first times where I just wasn't able to hold that power in the same way. So we'll see what happens. Um, I think the one thing I really need this season to do, it can't service everyone's characters. Like, I understand that. But what I really need them to do is do a better job with the Maeve Dolores oppositional aspect. Sure. Uh, but more importantly, the only character dynamics I really need them to get this season are Dolores and Bernard. Because those two have a history. We've seen it from season one. We've seen it from season two. Beyond that, Arnold and Dolores had this relationship. And he more or less is, is wearing that mask, right? So right. I said the thing that was so interesting to me about the second season was like, uh, I need you too, but not as an ally. Like That was fascinating because maybe Dolores knows the horror she's going to need to commit. But she also knows that we need that redeeming host in order to to show the world that there is this difference you know um Mm -hmm. and i just need those two to get into a room and i need that relationship to be a little bit more uh explored because i think we are working away to a natural endpoint. like it's very possible dolores doesn't make it out of the season by the way i know it's been her story so far but i do see one of the big three like bernard um mave or dolores like i don't see all three of them getting out of the season maybe that's just me yeah, I, I have no idea where it's going to go, um, which is uh, kind of exciting, you know? Um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll definitely see. Like, it would be interesting if they killed off Dolores because, like, uh, they, they would either have to kill her off or develop her emotionally past, oh, I want revenge or, oh, I want to end the human race for some still kind of unclear reasons. Like, I kind of understand up to a point why she would. Like, is that her goal still? Yeah, that's what like it still, like. still things I'm not super clear on. Like, but, but, how how much damage does she want to do here? Right. Well, they need to one like lay it all out. What's the first yes. solution here, as it were? Sorry to take it to that place, but um, yeah, no, I totally agree that I think they they need to figure out the Dolores aspect in terms of what her actual motivations are. The reason that I think that she probably won't make it out is just from I'm looking at storyline. She has been the static character specifically in season two, super static. Right. If the whole idea and the inclusion of the Caleb character by uh, by Aaron Paul is to soften those edges on her to maybe make her see the goodness in people, it's like that's great, but that doesn't get her past the finish line. You know what I mean? Like she's not right. Moses leading her people to the promised land. Like she'll get compromised. Another way they could take the Bernard thing is like Bernard then picks up that mantle. Like this guy who's trying to save humanity ends up going to do her bidding at the end you know so i just think if you're gonna make her like finally develop as a character past the static you know quietness of it all at that point you either you kind of like you can kill her and it has weight because they killed her last season you'd be like oh okay well that's a plot device because dolores was basically a plot device that last season so it's gonna be interesting man and we have you know six episodes left um, it looks like we're back in the the future world or wherever we are. We're back in the real world next episode. I know we're going to do a spotlight on Dolores and uh, Tessa Thompson's character, Charlotte. Um, right. We're going to get more Jesse Pinkman, uh, Caleb Nichols name. So I'm excited about that, man. I, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to stop calling him Jesse Pinkman in these reviews. So I'm sorry. But, like, I mean, yeah, like uh, Aaron Paul is a wonderful actor, but he is always some version of Jesse Pinkman. Like, except when he's he always the toad. just. That's what's really amazing is that Todd Chavez does not feel like Jesse Pinkman to me, except for in very specific moments. <laughs> now, if Todd Chavez made a cameo, like as his cartoon self, I'd be all about <laughs> he that. Shows up. Um, 
Yeah, no, I'm very fascinated to see where they go with that, how these storylines tie together. Um, I'm I'm still hopeful for this season, man. But yeah, like there's there's always red flags with this show. Like I'm always apprehensive. I'm not like ready to be like, yeah, it's gonna be a great ride. Like it's probably gonna have some fucking bumps. But I sincerely hope that I'm wrong and that this just continues to be a very kind of clear defined season with like logical endpoints for the characters that wraps up in an interesting way without pulling some narrative bullshit. Cause that, that would suck. I'm a hundred percent with you. Right. Um, but yeah, a good overall up I thought, but you know, like we'll see, like it might retroactively suck might yeah. retroactively be better. It's um, sort of a little well, yeah, early that's, to tell. That's very possible. Again, when you're, when you're painting something, you don't look at the, the fucking paint on the top right that doesn't have anything next to it, you know? Like, you got to see how the whole painting comes together. So, like, I, I will definitely, you know, reserve my super, super judgment. I just hope we can kind of avoid that other stuff. Maybe it's unfair that the Rick and Morty thing got me. It's like Rick and Morty, if you don't know, did an episode in its first season where there was a simulation and they were able to tax the processing power of it and freeze the simulation. Mm -hmm. And that's just what that, that whole scene happened that I was just like waiting for like a Mr. Meeseeks to run by or some shit. Like, right. really took I me mean, off, bro. <laughs> Like, remove Rick and Morty from your brain memories or whatever. It was kind of fun. Like, it was funny to me just seeing, like, all those engineers just, like, no, the square root one, well, like, arguing. that part's awesome. No, that part's yeah. funny. All of that was funny. It was the actual application within the world. And again, Oh, like, where the, they're frozen? I kind of yeah. like when she's, like, <laughs> starts pulling the notes out of everybody's back. I'm like, all right, that's kind of cool. It was just the execution of when things froze over i'm like ah that feels weird to me and it just kind of took me out but in any case um that was episode two entitled the winter line it looks like we're doing this weekly i mean we we did this one so we'll yeah be it'd be weird to not do the next one after this like we're setting precedent <laughs> yeah, here we really fucked ourselves over man like we shouldn't have done this one i don't think but we did it you know <laughs> we're forced to come back next week where hopefully we'll have uh the, the, the third best looking hemsworth brother what's his name what's his name chris hemsworth wait no luke hemsworth uh, no wait, uh, not uh, uh st stumpy hemsworth stumpy hemsworth will be in the studio um, next week do, should we like call an ambulance for thandy because she's still not moved or oh, yeah. breathed i think well hold on she's just cardboard man it's a cardboard just... cut out of thandy newton that's weird. Or Thandie Newton's cardboard cutout. It'd be like, you know, whenever we, we see pictures of Bigfoot and like yeah. blurry, maybe it's just blurry. Maybe that's just what he looks like naturally. He's just know? always blurry. She's always two-dimensional, but she's that good an actor. She makes you forget. You know, I've never seen her in 3D. <laughs> Fuck. Makes like a question you, in a lot of things. You ever see Zoe Chanel and, and, and Katy Perry in the same room? Like, nah, bro. It's the same thing. <laughs> Ever seen her in 3D. <laughs> <laughs> all right man until next week uh this has been what shallow west world dives cast? Um, west yeah world sure well, all that is the full <laughs> proper title <laughs>